Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's go behind the mat. Welcome back to another edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. We got another special guest, NFL Hall of Fame, NFL Ring of Honor for the Washington Redskins, Mr. All Everything, but better known as Mr. Iron Man, London Fletcher has entered the building. Hey, man, I couldn't wait to get on behind the mask. I, I saw you, uh, y'all had Champ on here. Yeah. Had Roddy. I even texted you. I said, man, what, what I'm going to get on there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had to make a special trip to get down here and get on this uh, For sure. podcast. For sure. We glad to have you down here, yeah. man. How's everything been going, man? Oh, man, it's been great, man. You know, just living the dream every day. Another day in paradise? Yeah, another day in paradise. We'll get to what I've been doing. <laughs> listen, listen. We're going uh, to give our disclaimer right now. Y'all in cahoots with each other. We're going to give our disclaimer. Yeah. There's only one rule on behind the mask. What's that? The only rule is there are no, no, no rules. rules. So like we're going in. Yeah, yeah. We're we going to go in deep. But, yeah, man, we let's... Uh, what you been up to lately over the p- previous two weeks? I know you've been doing a lot of traveling. A lot of it had to do with, you know, we talked about the Hall of Fame nominee, the Ring of Honor, you you being honored in D.C. Uh, give us a little light on that, man, for the listeners out there. Yeah, man. I So I went into the, uh, the Redskins Ring of Fame last Monday night. Mm. Had a great ceremony. Um, took my family up there, a bunch of friends, uh, family and friends up there in D.C. You know, I was... I can remember going into the stadium. I'm sure y'all probably feel the same way. You go into different stadiums, and you look up in the, uh, the stadium. You see different guys yeah. who played played yeah. in these different places. Yes, names up Absolutely. on the stadium. So when I was when we were in Buffalo, you know, I used to look up there. You see Jim Kelly, Thurman, Thurman. Thomas, all those dudes. Then I go to D.C. You got Doug, uh, Williams. Doug Williams, Joe Theismann, Daryl Green. You know, Art Monk, all the uh, John Riggins. And I'm in there playing. I'm like, man, dang, you know, one day I want to have my name up there. Yeah. So uh, uh, Mr. Snyder called me. He's like, hey, London. I was on the golf course, as a matter of fact, when he uh, <laughs> <laughs> when he called me. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, London, we're going to uh, put you into the uh, Redskins Ring of Fame. I was like, wow. So did that last Monday. And then um, I'm also going into the College Football Hall of Fame this year. Mm. So went from Monday, went from D.C., to uh, Cleveland, back to my old college, and we did. We had the uh, college football presentation, college football Hall of Fame presentation, there on Saturday. So I, I've been busy. Went to New York, then down here to Atlanta, man. I've been all over the place. Man, congratulations <laughs> on all the accolades, man. That's, that's amazing. Did you, as, you know, we're gonna go back a little bit. Um, as as a kid growing up, first of all, your first love was basketball. I, I recall that. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Did you? Even think man, that this cat can't he, play no You know what? Well, and, 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 and the funny, the, <laughs> front, the like funny this, thing, man. man, when I when I met London, when we were, I think it was 06, we were on the Bills, and you told me, man, he was like, yeah, I used to be nice in basketball and da 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 da. And you know, I'm I'm from New York, obviously. I'm talking my junk. I'm like, man, you can't play no ball. He's like, nah, I'm serious. I was nice in ball. First thing that came to my mind is, you know, rest in pieces, Anthony Mason. <laughs> Man, this man can't do that. But, but, but talk about you, you, you. thought I was just I thought stiff. you were just, yeah. Coming down that real you know, stiff. <laughs> but but, but talk, talk about him. Mean, you, you were legit nice and bald, though. Yeah, nice man. I, I had a nice hoop game. I went to college on a, yeah. on a hoop scholarship. Yeah. Uh, 
He's been victimized many times by me on the on the. <laughs> Listen, bro. Spice <laughs> can't play no ball though. No, man. Come on, bro. man. Spice can't play no ball, bro. I can ball, bro. This man shoot like Bill Cartwright. <laughs> you a lie. Hey, you a lie. <laughs> you a rebounder. You a defensive player and a rebounder. At least I'm consistent. <laughs> I don't try to. I don't try to listen. He trying to act like he was a great offensive player. You had handles. I get you had handles. He had handles. I give him that. But hey, we used to have some good games up in Buffalo too, man. We used to, yeah, we used to have some real yeah, good games up sure, there, man. That's. Sure, the, man. I think that's the reason why. I don't think I know. That's the reason why. When you look at teams across the across the league and certain teams, you'll see they are just tighter with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think because it was not anything to do. In Buffalo, yeah. it forced us to be together, and, and we really felt like a brotherhood, a family. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we definitely had a, a close-knit uh, group. Um, shoot, we, man, we did a lot of stuff together, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of stuff together. And that's why we were able to, you know, have some success. We didn't get to the playoffs, but you can just see that that camaraderie on yeah. the field. And you look at some of the teams now, you see some of the games play. You can just tell there's no – Togetherness yeah, in the games, yeah. you know, no togetherness on the team. Um, I'm sure they're not spending a ton of time off the field together. You know, you go in, get your work done, then everybody go their separate yeah. ways, man. In Buffalo, we we were forced to be together. There wasn't no separate way to go. No, nah, <laughs> not at all. Hey, it forced you to be like so much diversity, especially when you travel to the great city of Toronto. Absolutely. Yeah. My goodness. I love it. Listen, yeah. that was one of the best. One of the best things about Buffalo <laughs> is Alfred Toronto. Was the, was just get was the, the proximity to Toronto. <laughs> pro, listen, hour and a half, two hours, yeah. two hours just for traffic. His smile says it, it all. Says it all, man. <laughs> Went up there and got baptized <laughs> in Toronto. <laughs> His smile says T-O, it all. T.O., I miss y'all. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Spikes them, man. We done went up there a few times. Spikes like, we done hung out. He's like, man, I got to get back to treatment. I'm like, treatment? You go into a whole nother country, you got to go back at 8.30 in the morning for treatment? I said, man, look, we drove up here. You might have to leave this car because I ain't taking no limo back. <laughs> so I was like, take the car, I'll make it back. He All made right. it back for treatment. But um, let's talk about some of the, you know, the league as it is now, man. I know you do some broadcasting as well. What, 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 are, your, what are your thoughts on the, the NFL today and some of the teams that surprised you, particularly from this last weekend and, and uh, some teams that you think that, are doing better than you, you initially thought week one and yeah. some teams that haven't lived up to the hype as of yet. Yeah, man, it was a lot of surprises um, this weekend. And you and I were talking about it like, man, if you were a better, you you know, gambling on these NFL games, you you took a scraping this week, man. <laughs> um, took out by, behind the shed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you you, you go, you're going to always have the Patriots. They're still a dominant team. The Chiefs, yeah. a couple of the usual suspects are, are – are are still playing well. Um, I was surprised with the Browns mm. being able to go into Baltimore mm-hmm. and put up forty oh. on on uh, on Baltimore, man. Um, because the Browns they hadn't looked like the team that got all that hype yeah. in the preseason. On paper, they were struggling. Yeah, then they went in there, and they put it all together. Um, they finally gave the ball to Nick Chubb, let him do his thing. Um, the surprising team, man. It's a uh, the um, San Francisco 49ers, they didn't they didn't play this yeah, week. Yeah. Um, undefeated team. The Lions are playing pretty good. They took the Chiefs to the uh, – That's what I wanted to ask you. Who did you think when you look at the Broncos – not not necessarily Broncos, I'm sorry, but um, who surprised you more? The 49ers being undefeated 
Or when you look at, um, damn, you making me forget what I'm about to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, the 49ers who are 3-0. and Right. And then you also uh, take a look at the Broncos who are 0-4. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, who would have ever thought, though, the Broncos would have been 0-4 within yeah. the first three games? Yeah. Von Miller and Bradley Chubb combined for only three sacks, and they led the league yeah. last year in total sacks. And Chubb went out, too, so he's, he's done for the season. Yeah, for the season with man. the ACL. Yeah. Man, I I would say they're both very surprising. You you know, I think Vic Fangio's a good uh, – Good coach. He finally got his chance to be a head coach. I would say the them being zero and four, that's the probably the bigger surprise. And then y'all mentioned Chubb and uh, Von Miller. You know they just got their first sacks last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was like man, this, these two dudes. Wreck shot, man. They wreck shot. They get three sacks a, a game a piece. <laughs> so yeah. you know that was surprising. Um, but the 49ers, they're playing good ball. Um, they got a they got a good. Uh, they got a Monday night game coming up against the Browns in San Francisco. We're gonna see how that one goes. You talking about your yeah, the teams that are surprising. Um, the team that you went into the uh the ring of, of honor, the Redskins. They yeah. they 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 not getting it right. And I and I I'll be remiss, go there, huh? I gotta go there, man. I'll be remiss to say, you know, you this is your night. You you're immortalized in, in, in Redskin lore in the ring of honor. Yep. But they can't get right on the football field. And they can't get right. They spelled your name wrong <laughs> on the Jumbotron for the Ring of Honor ceremony. How'd you feel, man? Were, were, you, know, were you pissed off, bro? No, no. Actually, the crazy thing is I didn't even notice that my name was spelled incorrectly because, you know, we on the field and I see I see the, you know, my um my image up there, you know, got the, the my name. Mm. So I kind of just glanced. Right. I wasn't really looking at it, looking at it. Yeah. And then afterwards, you know, you check checking social media like, man, they spelled your name wrong <laughs> and all that. But um, I just chalked it up, man. Hey, man, somebody made a mistake. It spelled correctly in the stadium. On the, there you go. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't trip too much. And then I got the backstory behind it, too. About the, It was a young lady who, uh, who made the mistake. Mm. You know, she's a young girl. Um, you know, she, she was very... Uh, Distraught about it. Yeah, yeah. she should have been. She should be. <laughs> right, for real, yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 but imagine this. And I'm more sensitive to it. Because, yeah, because the interaction, because yeah. the friendship. Yeah. yeah. But think about this, though. Imagine all our mistakes being out there on national television. Chill, 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 chill. <laughs> you say no rules here. <laughs> he trying to take it back. Yeah. But can you imagine some of the things like, man, the mistakes that we've made being exposed, you know, not to a certain, to a, we, we just keeping it, you know, surface level. Yeah. But hers was exposed and it was national, man. You know, I'm like, man, I'm watching not top 10 and I was, not, <laughs> I was number one hey, <laughs> for the month of September. That's just like getting fired on your day <laughs> off. Yeah, man. Terrible. I was watching that. I said, man, number, and number one, <laughs> not top 10 for the month of September. Oh uh, man, but you know what? Hey, it happened. I wasn't. I wasn't tripping. Right. Hey, th- this is. I want to ask you this question because you go back and you look at the Oakland Raiders. Gruden, he's trying to switch that mentality of the team. Went out, signed Vontez Burfick from the Cincinnati Bengals to be his Mike linebacker. 
of the Raiders. Yesterday, he uh, he was ejected from the game, from doing what he do. Uh, I his reputation precedes him before he even before you get a one shot on him. If you even see perfect name in the picture, people already know what to think. Late hit, dirty player, yeah. etc. So my question to you is. You know, when we look at this and we play this game at such a fast rate and it's a it's a game of reflexes. And so when you look at the hit, he attempted to put on that wide receiver coming across the middle. Uh, the league felt like it was very egregious and they kicked him out for the game. Reports now have surfaced that he is suspended for the rest of the year. Do you think he deserves that tough of a suspension? Yeah. Yeah, I do. You know, you mentioned his reputation preceding him. Man, you look at this dude's uh, rap sheet. <laughs> man, he should be serving life in prison, man. <laughs> like, if he was a criminal and you looked at his, like, his all rap, the crime. all the crimes that he has, man, it's, dude, he got two pages worth of crimes, man. Man, man that's all of, all of the fines, the hits, the penalties, all the stuff that he has done. Man, they definitely should, this dude should be bad for the but, NFL, but, man. But both and you, and right, this coming from a guy who I early in my career, I, I, I've I've taken my own dirty shots on players. Oh, I know, very dirty. <laughs> I, we gonna talk about that in a minute. Go ahead. But yeah, yeah, they they had no choice but, but to do. But that. both of you guys played linebacker, right? And and as far as I got playing linebacker was in like high school on scout team. You know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't a defensive dude at all. But in the moment. When you are when, when when bullets are flying, guys are crossing your face, and you know your peripheral is focused on what it needs to be focused on. If you see somebody coming that zone, your instinct is, you know, yeah. lay them out. So yeah. how, how how do you refrain from that and play within the framework of the game and in the rules? And how do you fought a Vontez Burfick that seems like he's just instinctually going after playing players and playing that aggressive style of football that we accustomed to growing up? Man, you just got to understand that the league not going to they're not going to continue to allow to do the things that he's doing. Like you have to adjust. Um, when we came into the league as linebackers. We we used to send message shots. Perfect example. When I was in uh, St. Louis, mm-hmm. we playing, we're playing the uh, San Francisco 49ers. T.O. used to play for them. T.O. come across that middle. Oh, I'm sending him a message shot. Like, I'm, I'm, right I'm knocking his head off. Right. Like, he, you not coming in this middle. Cornerback know him. All right, I ain't got to worry about shallow cross because London gonna, Fletch going to knock his damn head off. Yeah. So, he's, <laughs> you know, he stayed out that middle. But as, as the league progressed and evolved to – you can't have those type of hits anymore. You had to adapt, and I had to adapt, and he has to adapt. Like he continues to hit dudes in their head with forearms, helmet to helmet. Everybody else has adapted and adjusted for the most part. He still yeah. continues to to try to do those message shots, and you just can't do that anymore. So you didn't do message shots in practice. That's what you're telling me. That's practice. We talking about practice. <laughs> we talking about practice. <laughs> Every time I see Fletch, we talk about practice. So we in training camp, right? We go. I, I get Tell to the bills, to, man. Listen, give me your two cents. Here's my two cents, man. All that stuff, London. You was just talking. I ain't buy. I ain't buying into it. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't buying. So we in practice, and 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 every time as an old lineman, I go up against London and nine on seven or a team or whatever. I get up. We fit him in London. Ah, good. That's good. That's good. That's good. So you know, once we make contact, we throttle down because you know, you in training camp as a veteran, your goal is to make it to week one. 
You right. ain't trying to run through the wall healthy. as a rookie. You want to be healthy. So, you know, we, we fitting up. All right, that's good. That's good. That's good. All training camp. Three <laughs> weeks, three and a half weeks. The last day, last practice of training camp. We have shorts and helmets on. The last freaking play. I run down. This is, you know, a backside play of a zone going to the left. I'm running down, trotting down. I know London is going to throttle down. So I just sit there, look at him. My eyes flesh five nine. I just chill. Bam! me. I go flying. I fall down. I look up. And London is laughing, running to the end zone. But he's running to the end zone not to chase the play. Because practice is over and we had to get on the line of scrimmage to run. <laughs> so that was the last practice. I can't do nothing. I can't hit him back. I can't I can't do nothing but talk about it. And everybody's laughing. And Flesh was like, what did I do? Hey, I, I remember that play. <laughs> I still dude, ain't, I hit you now. <laughs> dude, I don't, I don't know. I can't I don't know what made me do it. I didn't even do nothing to you, man. Maybe one of your teammates did something. He was moody, man. Man, what? He would get mad over anything. That Anthony Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Always looking for a fight. <laughs> hey, you remember uh, Ross Tucker, the center? Yeah. yeah. How we used to uh, plot on him? Yep. Oh man, we used to plot on Ross Tucker. Was he was Tuck there when you? So, were, uh, I knew I knew who he was, but he wasn't there when I was. Tuck was a prick, man. <laughs> oh, and I'm, gonna man send this, I'm gonna send this to him too. So oh, he, he used to do he dirty that. stuff, man. Boy, he um he cheap shot at Posey. Yep. In practice. Boy, it was like a beehive on the wrestling <laughs> practice, man. Who he, did it? Oh man. We got him, Pope. Don't even <laughs> worry about it. Oh, for the rest of the practice, man. He got three, four linebackers hitting mm. him in his head every play. Mm. It could be a, a pass a hundred yards down, uh, fifty yards down. Beeline <laughs> for, oh, we be live for Tuck, man. That's yeah. what's up, man. No, but that's 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 how we used to get into it. But to finish up, though, put the, to put that bow on, Vontez Perfect. Do you think his suspension was worthy enough of a year? Man, I'd say they should ban this dude, man. Mm. <laughs> this dude, I, Key, this coming from me. You and I, we play linebacker. Yeah, we play the physical style of linebacker. But you cannot continue to do what this guy is doing. He's he's already been suspended multiple times before, you know, three games here, two games here, one game, fine, you know, a ton of money. The message has not gotten through to him. So they're like, all right, as, as you know, more and more, each time you continue to get in trouble, the penalties escalate. Right. It's escalated to 12 games. The next time he does something, you're talking about abandoning this guy. That's, yeah, the, yeah, the crime justifies the punishment. Yeah, I, I I felt like it was, it was pretty raw. Like, yeah. like I'm I'm trying to hurt you. Yeah, you know what I mean. And 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 we're at a point now. Like, listen, man, I'm not. I actually like to play that way. Like, I I would if I really didn't like you and it turned into a personal level. Like, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna, I'm gonna punish you. Who who didn't you like that you tried to lay out though? I didn't like body mannerisms. <laughs> <laughs> like if you walked around hey, he, on oh, film and you oh, yeah, thought you were tough, like I gotta, I gotta humble you. You talking about that fullback from Houston? Yep. <laughs> he listen, Moran Norris. Moran. I was like, who this forty four running around here like he is a bull in a china shop? <laughs> he want to be your teammate later on, right? Hey, listen, and still one of my closest friends to this day. But I used to, I hated his ass. I hated him. Dude, we're the game, man. So we playing. We we're playing Houston, and it was 
probably first, second, third play of the game. Kid him scrapping on the sideline. I don't know. Did we hype you up during the week? Just yeah, they hyped me up. They was like, they was like, uh-oh, 44 got they closed the door. Oh, they were just like, it was just like, like child punishment. Like they were just every day in between meetings. Hey, uh, you check see what forty four was eating. (laughs) Oh, forty four hit my boy last night. He say, man, he gonna bring it. Key didn't like his body, his body mannerism. Like he'd blow somebody up and be standing over there. He done went into the game already on one. Just like, man, I can't wait to get this guy. (laughs) I told him. I said I'd rather go into a game and pissed on versus pissed off. Oh yeah, absolutely. Huh? Right. But See. but key you you wanted to play physical, but you weren't gonna play dirty though. Yeah, like no, you no, can no. St- you can still be physical. Yeah, and not be dirty. Yeah, that's and and that that was the bottom line. He's, I, he's he's physical and dirty. Yeah, he's physical and dirty consistently yeah. though. Absolutely, and that's a problem. Like that's a problem for for all the players as far as health and safety. Flesh man, we gonna go behind the mask and and, and take it back a little bit. Uh, story career in the NFL, NFL mm-hmm. Iron Man. I mean, the stats speak for themselves. Two-time All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, uh, 11-time alternate. And, and the reason I bring that part up is that um, as an offensive player for the Pro Bowl, we get to vote on the defensive players, right? Yeah. Um, so we as offensive players respect the guys that go out there, get it done, um, leading your team in tackles several times. So being an alternate 11 times, was that ever – did that ever give you, like, a chip on your shoulder? Did you feel a certain way not being respected or not being uh, awarded for the things that you know that you put out on the field those previous 17 weeks of a season? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. It was beyond a chip. You know, the first time it happened, I'm like, all right, you know. You are from Cleveland, though. You're from <laughs> Cleveland, right? Yeah. That's what J. Cole said in the song, right? <laughs> Got a chip on his shoulder because he was a Browns fan. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah. But so the first time it happened, my second year in the league, first year started with the Rams. All right, all right, I'm an alternate. They're like, all right, you got to wait your turn, you know, your first year. And it happens again. I'm like, damn. And it happens again and again and again and again. And I'm seeing the guys that get they're going ahead of me got to be kidding me, man. This dude is... One time, a guy got a... Uh, he went ahead of me. He missed like eight games, half the season. Mm-hmm. Another guy missed like six games. The kicker, we playing uh, the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs. Lofa Tatupa. Mm-hmm. He made it over me. After the game, he's like, man, London, you deserve to go to the Pro Bowl over me, man. I'm like, yeah. no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you say it. You can I'm, say it. I'm, I'm glad you realize it because I thought so too, <laughs> man. But uh, yeah, that 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 hurt, man. It but hurt. It, it, the Pro Bowl, and you know, you guys both made it. I never made it unless I went down there to check y'all out. But it was a popularity contest. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it gets because the players get a vote, I think the coaches get a vote, and then the fans get a third right. got, yeah, a, got yeah. a vote, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. a lot of times if you if you were in, in, in a either a city that was a, a a mainstream market or if the fans didn't really recognize you, right, then you, you know, it didn't you matter what you yeah. did on the field. So yeah. still I was I was I was pissed <laughs> off, man. <laughs> man. Oh man. Because no, nah, because it was I had an opportunity to see it from a different perspective. 
Now, when I came into the league, 98, same year you came in, drafted with Cincinnati, undrafted to the Rams. Yeah. So you, you I, we both saw the trends, like the same guys all the time that would go all the time, and then the more and more that they started to win, another good story. You know what I'm about to tell you. The <laughs> third year, they actually won the Super Bowl in, what, 2000? No, 99. 99, yeah. yeah that was our second year in the league. Yeah, yeah. Se- yeah. yeah so in 99. We're, <laughs> listen, we're playing, we're playing the uh, St. Louis Rams at the time versus the Cincinnati Bengals for the – it was in 99. It said yeah. for the, whoever loses this game – Will be the worst team of the decade. decade. Losing this team of the decade. <laughs> so I'm so optimistic, right? I'm like, oh, ain't no way in hell we finna lose to them damn Rams in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. And guess what? They started out with who was the quarterback? Um, Kurt Warner was the quarterback. No, he came in had that third game of the year. No, no, no. He's, Trent. He, no, Trent. Trent got hurt in preseason. Ah, uh, yeah, but that uh, Kurt was still coming yeah. into his own. You're right. But from our perspective, we're looking at, man, Trent Differ is out. Not Trent Differ. Trent but Green. Trent yeah. Green. He's out. Ain't no way in hell we finna let. Because we did, we did the scouting report. Kurt Warner in the grocery store, stocking shelves. And I, I specifically remember saying this. It ain't no way in hell Kurt Warner finna come in here after throwing a can of Campbell's soup on the shelf. He ain't finna throw no football against us. We played that game, and my feelings were so hurt. Did he sling it? What? <laughs> what? Did he sling it? Man, he had about 400 Pulse. yards of offense. Hey, but, but what about when, uh, when Oz Akeem caught the uh, – he caught a touchdown pass on, on one of y'all uh, DBs? I think Artrell Hawkins, mm, and he mushed yep. him. Man, he took his hand to – Caught the football, mushed him, and backpedaled into the end zone. You talk about disrespectful. Damn. I, I came back to the sideline like, you just, you going you gonna to take that? Like, I don't even, can I even jump up and say, man, this, it was bad, man. But, uh, I, you know, we got sidetracked a little bit. But that's good. Yeah. We, we, we look at that, and I saw all of that, man, throughout the struggles. Won a Super Bowl that year. You even get to year five, and you steal an alternate. And then when you get to Buffalo, the same problem yep. continue to go on. I eventually came up to Buffalo with you. But I guess what I'm asking is, like, for you to – for that to fuel you in such a way, because a lot of guys would have looked at it like, man, this situation would never change. You didn't end up making your first Pro Bowl until your – what was it, your 10th year? Yeah, uh, 10th or 11th. It was, yeah, it was late. 10th or 11th year. And that's unheard of. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you continue to go from that point on. What what do you think was the tipping point? As far as making it? or As far as making it, people slowing down to say, you know what? London Fletcher really got, like, he has a point. Part of what Toot said earlier is uh, being in a certain market. So St. Louis, when we were playing in St. Louis, we were winning, but the the headlines were all about our offense. Show even though we had, yeah. even though we had some dominant defenses, the headlines were offense related. Get the Buffalo. Yeah, we ain't really. We, ain't, we don't have any national games or not many. Still, um, you know, not getting a whole lot of uh, recognition. 
Then we get to when I got to Buff uh, to DC, we got multiple national games, mm. um, the market, the major TV market. So people are starting more people are recognizing what I'm doing now because we getting we're getting more attention. Mm-hmm. So that's a that was really the difference where you know playing in that big market, bigger market, it just it's just different. London, you played. And you, you talked about the, the strong defenses that y'all had, but you were on the team with the greatest show, uh, uh, greatest show on turf. That's what they called it, right? Were you spoiled coming into the league and getting to the Super Bowl your second year? And then how was it playing against all those Hall of Fame guys on the offensive side of the ball? I'm talking about Kurt Warner, right. uh, uh, Orlando Pace, Marshall Falk. It goes on and on and on. How did you feel week in and week out going against these guys? And did you ever get spoiled? Like I made it week uh, year two in the league. Oh yeah, man! You shoot second year in the league, winning Super Bowl, went to the playoffs our third, my third year. Then we went back to the Super Bowl, my fourth year. We didn't win it. We lost that one. But man, you started to get spoiled. We <laughs> we're putting up thirty five points a game. You know, defense we're giving up. You know, fourteen points. So you started to you start to get a. Uh, Get a little, you know, like man, we gonna we gonna whoop on everybody. And, uh, I tell you what, watching that offense, man, there was some times where I would just sit back on the sidelines. You know, maybe it was a game against Cincinnati. Game against Cincinnati, or or you know, other games, and whether it was Marshall doing his thing, uh, T. Holt. Tory Holt, uh, uh, Isaac Bruce, man. Each it's like each week, it, one guy could have you know had three or four touchdowns, whatever. And man, it was just I felt bad for defenses. We came down here to Atlanta. <laughs> we came down here to Atlanta. Like, oh man, Don Blackman. I, Don, I think was the uh, he was the coach. I think Blackman he was the coach, right? He, I think he may have been the coordinator. Oh, and Don Don didn't have the personnel to keep up with these. <laughs> oh man, it was ugly. It was ugly. So then I get to Buffalo. So I, prior to that, I don't know what it is to go into the game stressed out. Like I, <laughs> I don't know what stress is like. Because you know your offense going to get you yeah, we, 18 to 24. Man, I'm, I'm, See, that just makes me damn so mad. Right? <laughs> he said he walked in straight off the bus knowing, like, regardless of whatever is going to happen, yeah. our offense is going to be up 14 yeah. points we, we, at least. Man, Key, you remember them, some of them games? We got the number one, number two ranked defense. We lose to Dallas like 10-6. We lose to Carolina like 12 to 10. I can remember being in yeah, the parking lot, man, in tears almost. Like, yeah, man, I, we I can't, was on Carolina that yeah, year. I was on I'm Carolina like, man, we can't score any points, man. <laughs> if we gave up, if we gave up, we gave up two touchdowns, it was over. We we were not gonna win that game in Buffalo sometimes. Yeah. Cause our offense just couldn't score any points. Yeah, that was tough, man. So I did, I did get spoiled. But did, so, did, did you stay motivated? And how did you stop the younger guys from from falling into that complacency as a leader? We we never uh, got complacent because we worked hard. Like you watch our practices, man. We worked hard. We we got out there and we loved. And one of the things that happened, um, you know, in training camp, you're constantly going against each other, all ones versus one. So we. Defensive, we're looking like, man, we want to go out and stop this offense. We ain't about to let them, you know, just uh, run up down the field on us. So we're going at them, challenge, a lot of trash talking going on. And during the, once the season starts, you don't really practice too much against ones versus one. But we still took a lot of pride 
and what we're doing. Um, we held ourselves to a standard, man, that, that um, you know, wouldn't allow us to become complacent. You all right, man? You recovered over there? Right, <laughs> yeah, he's, Bobby, he's a, he, he, no, he reminiscing man. on the times right he, now. I think we, I think you took him back. No, you did, though. You took him back behind the mat. That's a, that's why he's gazing at you. <laughs> like, it, it, you really did take me back because I remember, like, even the game when we played y'all for the worst team of the decades mm-hmm. in the 90s, and I just specifically took a step back to look and see. I was like, all right, maybe that was just a fluke, me being optimistic. Y'all didn't slow down, bro. Nah. So with that rock star status, winning games, winning that first Super Bowl, being in contention for the next two years, going back your fourth year, but y'all ended up losing. Like, how was it just going out in the community of St. Louis? Like, did they treat y'all like rock stars at that time? Who Nelly was hot too. Nelly was just he was just coming on the scene. Nelly was hot. He was just coming on the scene the year we won the Super Bowl, man. I I, I, I'll give you a story. So, um, 99, we're coming off a season. In 98, we were 4-12. 99, we started to, um, that's the year we started getting hot. So, Mike Jones, a linebacker, he had started this little um, Sunday Mike night. Uh, yeah, Sunday night, uh, like little after, after game type of thing. He would throw a Sunday night uh, set. And initially, the set was probably as big as this these two rooms. Like not, you know, maybe 800 square feet where, where he was throwing the set and you might get 20, 25, 30 people in there at the, at the beginning of the season. So each week, as we continued to win, it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So he had to change venues. So by the time the uh, the NFC Championship game, we beat the uh, we beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so Sunday night, we go to celebrate. Man, he had to move. He had this spot now that was uh, probably about 4,000 people. And it's packed. You got people are waiting to get into this party, man. That's that's how things just changed during that season as we uh, won more and more. Once we won the Super Bowl, you weren't paying for a meal. I had you talk about uh, being taken care of. So normally, if you get one car deal, you sweet, yeah. Sweet. But I had two car deals. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, man, I, I had doing with two cars, driving them. <laughs> <laughs> I was rotating. I had a BMW deal and a. Uh, a Chevy deal. Damn, a Beamer deal? Man, listen. That's heavy right there. Oh, every every uh, 3,000 miles, man, Fletch, come get you a new car. So you pull up to this to the stadium. Yeah. Smelling like new sad. car when he comes to the stadium. Valet, they valet your car. Security escorting you into the uh, into the stadium. You ain't walk in with no shades, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Fly guy. Hey, and I used to wear gators. <laughs> oh, my God. You ain't used to wear them now later gators, though. What? I'm from Cleveland. Oh, oh we had lime green, purple. lime green. I had some, uh, I had some green and cream gators. You couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I had some green pants to go in. Oh, you look <laughs> all nasty and flaky. Is the picture of that one, baby. man? I hope burned. <laughs> I had green. I had some ones I called the uh, blueberry muffins. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a navy <laughs> with a Carolina blueberry muffin. Oh man, yeah. Listen. It was navy with a uh, like a sky blue. Uh, oh, them boys was fire. <laughs> Boy, they was fire. Like fire. They was fire. He looked like fire. Man, I, I ended up giving them to my uncle. He's still rocking those shoes, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's still rocking a those dumpster shoes. dumpster fire. 
Hey, so like, you know, going back in that time, you know what I'm saying? We go behind the mask and, and like at that time you were single. Like, what was it like? Because people want to know, like, how is your social life? How yeah. did, how are you able to do it? You you see a lot of beautiful women, you know, vice yeah. versa, everybody coming at you. Yeah, like, you, yeah. man, I was cute. How did you stay? <laughs> Look, no, seriously, like, like, how were you able to, to stay focused? I always knew. I always been a focused player. But I tell you, from the beginning of the season, like, we were, when we were losing to when we started winning and then after we won the Super Bowl, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. Spice and I talk about um, staying focused during those times, you know what I mean, when, when so much is thrown at you. And how were you still able to maintain that level of focus? Because you didn't have a drop-off in play from when y'all went to the Super Bowl and like you said, everything was thrown at you. You just kept grinding, kept doing your thing. And I think it was like, uh, what was it? 100 or more combined tackles 14 times in your career. How did you stay with that level of consistency knowing that you started off so fast and everything was thrown your way? I, I knew, I always had the, the mindset that it was a time and a place for, you know, everything. So... During the week of leading up to a game, hey, it's a time. It's time for me to get myself together, my mind, get my rest, do what I need to do to be able to perform well. Now after the game, hey, we're gonna have a good time, all that type of stuff. Off season, even in off season, like there's a time and a place when you can have a good time, but also you still need to get your work in. Um, you know, me and Tequila, we used to, we that was our thing, man. We we knew when to play, we knew when to have a good time, but then we knew how to prepare, we knew how to focus, and if we um. Like, if it was a time where we may have maybe partied a little bit on a Friday night or whatever, we felt like, all right, man, we if we going to do this, we we better show up and play yeah. well on Sunday. So sure. that was just our mentality. Yeah, you definitely got to be locked in. You know, and that was one of the things that I thought what made us so good to play uh, with each other and then also lead a lot of guys because it was the accountability yeah. that, that, that really brought along it. Uh, you've accomplished a lot, so much throughout your career, and now you're retired. Uh, you're into broadcasting, many other things. Um, what are some of the things that uh, you do now that really kind of drives and drives your passion? That gets you going. What what wakes you up every morning? Yeah, you know, first of all, you know, my wife, my kids. I got three kids, um, twelve, eleven, and nine. Girl, boy, girl. So. They can wake me up, you know, <laughs> hey, getting them together, being a dad. I enjoy this uh, this part of life now, being retired, because I was so, like, in just this, the game consumed me. When I was playing, like, I can be here. If I was still playing, we'd be here doing this interview, and I'm here physically, but mentally I'm thinking yeah. about what that the next opponent, the next uh, – you know, what I have to do to train, what I have to do to prepare, whether it's on vacation. I'm still thinking about the game. Um, you know, now I'm just enjoying being present. Yeah. Um, and then I do the broadcasting. I do broadcast for CBS Sports Network on um, on Sunday mornings up in uh, New York City. I do that. I'm passionate about that. And then I'm passionate about coming down here, you know, crossing the state lines. <laughs> Whooping ass on the golf course. <laughs> Talk about that. He threw it out there. He threw it out. Wait, wait, wait. First of all, I don't ever get invited to these golf outings, but 
He don't want anybody to see but, this. He don't want any witnesses. <laughs> there's a certain person on this panel right here, on, on this Behind the Mask podcast, that swears he's super nice in golf. What happened when you went out with said person? Well, yesterday? said person, he. I will say this. So, Tequila he not good, man? He's 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 decent. <laughs> He's decent. He's decent. He don't hit me with I'm decent though. No, you you got a you got a nice game. You just can't beat me. But <laughs> me and Tequila, Flip, we your, been, game, we, your game used to be trash too. Now. Oh, my game was very my game was trash. We were and trash together. Tri- we, our game was trash, it was together. trash together. When we first started, we me and Spike's out there playing six hour rounds. <laughs> shooting shooting I'm shooting 122. He's shooting 120. And bragging about and bra- the win. And then we'll be like, you know what? We ain't going to tell him what we, what <laughs> really? we just say who so, so we literally, I can remember what, a couple years ago, we like literally made a concerted effort. Like, man, we, we're about to start shooting, you know, 90s or below. Like, we got to get better at golf. So, you know, um, we've improved. But he put up a good fight. <laughs> <laughs> he put up actually a better fight than I thought he would. But... You know, how you just have that four quarters of football. Yeah, you just keep yeah. taking them body blows. Yeah. And eventually, yeah. by the by, the last round, the last quarter, he was tapping out, man. Like I'm done. <laughs> no, that was so, so. So, so golf. Does golf fuel that competitive edge now? That's oh yeah, from the NFL. And we didn't even like we didn't have a bet on the game or any. Anything. We just compete just because yeah. we want bragging rights. So, yeah, it definitely. Um, Few that competitive. Now you got bragging rights on them on the behind the mask podcast. Oh yeah, I got it. Spice, I'm disappointed, man. I I must admit. You know what? I was disappointed in myself too, but then I I didn't have to look far because this man stays on the golf course. Mm. Like he got the cheat code. Yeah, he got the cheat code. He listen, fifteen yards away, he had to. They picking him up in a golf cart. (laughs) So I would hope so. He's that much better than me right now. We got a major on November the 21st. We'll talk about it here on Behind the Mask Podcast. We might have podcast. to send a cut. Ca- we know I need to send the cameras down there to witness Yeah, we don't that. send the cameras because I'm going to tear your ass up. <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> Tired of this. That's really behind the, going behind the mask. <laughs> Man, I know you. And it, it hurt him so bad because he he was looking forward to this. He had been working on this game. <laughs> he took another L, man. Man, he took another L, man. He, he's... You you probably lost like four straight, four or five straight to me, man. Mm. Three. Three? Yes. And I'm still up in the overall count. Because I count them 120s and 130s, too. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your record against me? Six and three. Six and three. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you made that shit up. You made that shit up. <laughs> oh, man. oh, man. This is some good stuff, man. <laughs> Now, hey, um, we, we listen. I, I wanted to ask you about this. We talk about everything, and um, you look at the governor of California, Gavin Newsom. He uh, passed a bill, the Fair Play Act, to where now kids in college athletics have the right to to earn endorsement money off the field. You know things that I personally believe that's rightfully so. Wanted to get your take on it. I know he did it alongside of LeBron James, but wanted to get your take on um, do you think he's going to water down college football or do you think that it will help enhance and really give these 
kids an opportunity to understand the business side versus being used for three years and then ha if they lucky enough to have an opportunity to make it a business. Yeah, no, I don't think it's going to um, water down college football at all. I mean, it's, it's only so many guys that will actually be able to take advantage of uh, making more money from an endorsement standpoint or or, or making money uh, off their image and likeness and stuff like that. You know, the NCAA, they're hypocrites. They've been making money off these kids' likeness and image for for decades. Yeah. So now that they, um, you know, state of California, I think you said New York passed it too, York or, is it? Yeah, or they're in the process it, yeah. of looking at it. Um, so now allowing them to capitalize on, on their image, their likeness, whatever, that's just, hey, that just makes sense. But um, I don't think it's going to affect college football in a, in a ne uh, negative way. Um, you know, it's, uh, what I did find interesting is um, there are still some restrictions in the in the bill. So say you're a uh, Nike school or an Adidas school and you have a player who um, is looking to sign a shoe contract with somebody else. Mm -hmm. He couldn't go out and sign a deal with uh, with Under Armour if if he goes to a Nike, Nike school. school. Yeah. He couldn't. He he would have to sign a, a a deal with Nike, so he doesn't have leverage in that negotiation because they're like, you can't sign a deal with anybody else. So I think maybe it might change or affect somebody's decision before they um, pick a school. Like, hey, I'm gonna negotiate my shoe deal mm -hmm. before I go to this school. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. hey, now. Maybe that may start to influence where a guy, um, shoe companies may be able to influence yeah. where where guy where, goes. Yeah, where a guy goes. Um, but still, heck, they've been doing that anyway. For, yeah, it, <laughs> right. They have, and I think the 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 weird part about it is, like you said, they've been doing this has been happening for years. Yeah. I mean, and and not to any of us up here at all, but not it's, at all. It, not at all. But it's been happening for years to where guys get. Paid either money under the table, get a you know get a, a a box of shoes or something like that, and then because you have that relationship in high school, and when that said person comes back to you, say hey, you know why don't you take a look at this school or take a look at this person or whatever. Even in college, when they're like yo, why don't you take a look at this person representing you? Do you not think that waters down or or, or, or kind of? It makes it less authentic. It makes the game less authentic because now guys are just going. It's all for self now. It's not for the team. It's not for the university or whatever. I I, I still don't. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like that. Especially um, like if you think about football, you know, you're gonna have to be invested in this school for three years. Three, yeah, yeah, three years, whatever. Yeah, so you can't be in a, in a school and not be fully ingrained. You're gonna be in a culture. You're gonna be around your teammates. You're gonna eventually. Think about this. We all had our individual contracts, and we're, you know, on the pro level, we're all playing for our own individual contracts. But once that part is done, we're playing for each other. Hmm. You know, we we you're not going to go out in the field and give half effort right. knowing that you got your teammates counting on you. That's So that's kind of the same thing as it goes to on the um, collegiate level. But do they know that yet? As college, you talking about 19, 17, 18, 19 year olds? Do they even know that? They know it, yeah, because they've been doing this for, from whether it's uh, playing in middle school, high school, AU, whatever the case may be. They've always this just it's been ingrained in them about the team and the team and being there for the teammates. They it's already been uh, they've been raised in that in that type of environment. To are you more so saying do they know that yet 
as far as understanding the big economic picture and understanding splits and divides and things of that nature? Well, well do they know the fact that it's, it's, it's more of a team culture? Because now, when we came out, and again, I hate dating ourselves. When we came out, we didn't turn around three behind the mask cups and then pick one and say, this is the school I'm going to. We didn't do that. But now it's all about the player. So do the players know that, you know what, yeah, that's cool leading up to it. But once you get to college, yeah, you have a scholarship. You might be getting some pocket change. But this is now damn near a job. Like, mm-hmm. you you know, you, you, you're still an amateur athlete, but you're treating it as a job. Because one now, apparently they're going to start getting paid. And then you got to win and you got to hold yourself accountable as a young man or young woman to your team and to your university. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, first, first and foremost, they're only going to be you know, a handful of guys on each team is going to get some endorsement deals. You know, you're not – you're the second-string uh, linebacker or the third-string third quarterback or whatever. They're not getting these types of deals. The star quarterback, star running back, star receiver, linebacker, pass rush, those guys are going to get the endorsement deals. The uh, You know, they're going to sell jerseys, be able to profit off of that. They'll understand, you know, hey – the better I play, the more money I'm gonna make. <laughs> they understand that, man. They'll, they'll, that this it's not gonna affect the game in a, in a negative way. Well, Fletch, that's that's all we got here behind the mask, man. We appreciate it. Um, but before we go, I have one question for you. What's that? <laughs> With the game providing you so much, and that it has allowed you to see so much, experience so much. What can you share with our listeners that the game has taught that have taught you throughout the years? You know, I think um, first and foremost, when you look at football, I look at it as the uh, the ultimate team sport because on each play, you got eleven guys relying on each other. You think about life; that's how life is. You got to rely on other people. You can't do anything by yourself. So it's fa- it's uh, taught me to be. Um, you know, to rely on other people. But also when you look at the game of football, you're going to go through some adversities on the field. You're going to go through adversity in life. Um, it builds character, you know, toughness, all the types of things that that um, those things uh, translate to life. You know, that, that game, man, you you going to have some wins, you're going to have some losses. How do you bounce back for those uh, for them setbacks, you know, some disappointments that, that happen in your life? You know, you get traded, you get cut, you get all, you know, all these different things. Like, man, how do you respond to that stuff? And that's that's on the game side, but that's also in life. How do you respond in re- to all those different circumstances? And then just the the brotherhood, man. Yeah. You know, that that camaraderie. That you know, we've been knowing each other for sixteen years, started off as teammates, you know, it's one of my best friends. I, you know, we've that's just the game and just how how it brought, brings you together, right? You know that's that's what that's what I love about it. And then through those four quarters of football, what has that taught you? And how well, not even taught you. How does that relate to what you're doing now? And in the fifth quarter, which is after football, yeah. So in the fifth quarter, I'm we Takio, myself, some other guys that I played with in Buffalo. We we formed a. Uh, uh, investment group called Fifth Quarters Investments, mm. you know, and it was through our time together in Buffalo that now we're doing commercial real estate investments. We're, you know, we have a um, a rooftop bar 
on the campus of Florida State um, recess, man. Mm. And, you know, just we were successful on the field together. We formed that bond on the field. And now we're in the fifth quarter of life, and we're doing things together, man. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's, it's great, you know, all the different things that we've been able to accomplish. We vacation together. We do all these different things that – and, uh, that's what that's what life is all about. And golf together. Yeah, some <laughs> some of us better than others. <laughs> so you had to put that. Had <laughs> to get him off the show. <laughs> as much as it, I hate to say this, we appreciate you coming on <laughs> and taking us behind the mask of London Fletcher, the Iron Man. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate being on here. My man came on here, got a free T-shirt. Nice, no, dude, you know nice, we, nice mug, nice behind him. Oh, yeah, mug. you know we like free stuff. <laughs> if it's free, give me three. <laughs> nah, man, we appreciate it, man. And uh, whenever you're in town again, man, make sure you stop by, man. We, we would love to oh, have no, you. Oh, no, no doubt, no doubt. Right I'm going to just pop up. I'm just pop is. up, man. I might be in the back when y'all interviewing somebody else. There it is. And we heard <laughs> you're going to get on the mic, yo. Oh, yeah, we're going to we gonna go in the booth. Yeah. And but do you, what? We just gonna go in the booth <laughs> <laughs> and rhyme on a. Don't, don't have you rhyming on a whack beat. No, nope, yeah. don't rhyme on a whack beat. You from you from New York, man? I, can you rap? Listen, because because yeah. uh, everybody oh, we every, go. everybody on the spot. everybody from New York they supposed they they're supposed to be able to hoop and rap and rap. Yeah, you uh, can't uh-huh. hoop. You can't hoop. So what? what? <laughs> I can't hoop. I could beat you, boy. Please at forty something. You might. We betting? Nah. Yeah. Man, two dollars. My back's two. still messed up, so yeah. I ain't going to oh, See, you got excuses. You got excuses. Let's put them on ice, man. Yeah, two. You got it. You know I want to hear you. Let's go to the booth. <laughs> <laughs> we on, while we go to the booth, maybe we'll get some behind-the-mask scenes of that. But, man, like I said, appreciate you stopping by, man. And truly, I could tell whatever came up came out. And we appreciate that. The listeners appreciate that, man. Thanks for stopping by, Fletch, and we out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 